back in the building. Hey, I'm turned up right now. You know why? Because I'm excited to discuss these most profound topics that I've had. I always have lined up. Listen, we have to get people to understand. That every discussion about relationship coming from an external source, in other words, from me to you, right? It might be the truth to me, but it can only be symbolic to you. Why? Because I, nor anybody else for that matter, can be an expert of your experience. Only you are the expert of your experience. So you can take some of the linguistic symbols that I lay down to maybe try to help you navigate your unique experience. But listen, you're the captain of your own spirit. You're the captain of your own ship. And this is why sometimes I get a little frustrated because we are so enamored by people we think are doing better than us, that they become the authority for our experience. Oh, you thought I was going to wait before I got heated on this show? No, I'm hot right now. Listen, just because they're doing so-called better than you, quote-unquote better than you, please understand that you determine how you feel, listen to what I'm about to say. You determine how you feel about being you. The moment you try to be somebody else, you are giving your power to somebody else. The moment you feel like somebody else is better at navigating this life for you, You have given away one of the key jewels that make you powerful in this reality. And that is the pen of self-authorship. So many people want to follow other works in progress. Remember, I said everybody's a a whip. Everybody's a WIP, a work in progress. Everybody is. Even the people you think are doing better than you are a work in progress. They got mess they got to deal with. Shopping for a relationship guru. Shopping for inspiration. Shopping for the next deep quote. Listen, it's not going to help you confront you unless you put to use what you've gained. Many people just take what they've heard and become parrots and repeat what they've heard so that they can sound deep to other people. No, no, no. You've got to employ what you've discovered about you. And what I like to do is, you know, I like to keep it fresh on the show. You know, from time to times, I may feature an, an author. And that's what I'm doing today. Today, my topic is, what toll 
Has unchecked fear, hurt, and ego done to your relationship? A deeper look into the life-changing relationship work of Eckhart Tolle. Get the play on word. What toll <laughs> has unchecked fear, hurt, and ego done to your relationship? We're going to be talking about Eckhart Tolle's work among other sages. And you saw me do this with Yoda. You saw me do this with Rumi. Ruminate on this was that topic. Today, what toll has unchecked fear, hurt, and ego done to your relationship? As is commonplace, this is a caller-driven show. Get to your phone lines. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. Participation base. I need to hear from you. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 15. Turn it off. Turn it off. We not one. You know why we not one? Because we come into the relationship looking to have our needs fulfilled. <laughs> See, see, we are one is at the highest level of consciousness. I, I, I understand where Mace was coming. Mace, hey, listen, you already know the music is my playlist. My playlist is my co-host. But turn it off. We not one. We want to be one. At the deepest level, if we get into quantum mechanics, they call it the unified field of consciousness. The West African in the Yoruba belief, may call it Oludumare, Olukun, right? The Muslim may say, Allahu subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? right? Uh, the Christians say, God Almighty, Lord, Lord, Lord. That's the, the level of oneness that we seek to reach. But in actuality, we are not one. We are selfish small, ego, and fear-based, greedy little people who go into the relationship looking for that person to fulfill needs that are supposed to be fulfilled from within. And because we've never been taught how to feel, fill our needs, fulfill our needs from within, we make it a deal-breaker if our partner can't do it for us. Now, I'm not speaking in absolutes. I know there are some very happy people out there that are experiencing some level of oneness. Let me just say, y'all better go play the lottery tonight. Okay, because y'all been blessed. Go play the lottery. <laughs> y'all lucky. You understand? For the most part, people are very selfish. So let's get into Eckhart Tolle, what he has to say about reciprocity. In a genuine relationship, there is an outward flow of open, alert attention toward the other person in which there is no wanting whatsoever. This sounds like this sounds like Disney to the average person. This sounds like Disney. There's no wanting. See. Wanting is rooted in our fundamental relationships because we have lived an unfulfilled life. And we've been taught in reverse. 
We've been taught that our partners are supposed to fulfill us. Our partners make us happy. No, your partner reflects your undone work. Your, your partner reflects what's behind your idealistic mask. What do you mean idealistic? The idealistic vision of who you think you are, the mask you put on, you project out into the, to the world as if that's really you, but your partner reflects what's behind the mask while being attracted to the mask. So when they see what's behind the mask, they go, I didn't sign up for this. And vice versa. Oh, Lord, I don't know if y'all ready for it. Eckhart Tolle says, on the positive side, right, you are in love with your partner. That is, a, that is at first, a deeply satisfying state. You feel intensely alive. Your existence has suddenly become meaningful because someone needs you wants you, and makes you feel special, and you do the same for him or her. When you are together, you feel whole. The feeling can become so intense that the rest of the world fades into insignificance. However, you may also have noticed that there is a neediness and a clinging, listen, clinging quality to that intensity. You become addicted to the other person. He or she is like a drug. Again, where does the addiction come from? See, you've identified yourself with what you have been through. And by identifying yourself with what you have been through, the wounds make up part of your ego. This is who I am. This is what I've come through. This is, this is what I've overcome. And so now the wounds have access to your self-knowledge. And they get to say, this is what we need from this person. This is what we need. Please provide this for me. Do you understand? If you want something meaningful, I'm not talking about superficial things. I'm not talking about materialistic things. If you want something meaningful from your relationship, listen, if you want something meaningful from your relationship, here's the quickest way to get it. Bring it. If you want something meaningful from your relationship, here's the quickest way to get it. Bring it. Don't come in asking for what you can give yourself. If you want something meaningful from relationship, you must bring it. You must start there. So many of us use relationship as a type of romantic restaurant, we go in and we order what's on the menu. No, bring something. Not See, you hear people say it all the time, bring something to the table. What are you bringing to the table? Most people bring their societal resume. As well as their unacknowledged, unhealed 
you know, baggage, <laughs> emotional baggage, psychological baggage, shadow baggage. They bring all of this stuff to the table. But I'm talking about meaningful things like, if, if listen, you don't get into a relationship to get self-esteem. And I know being loved on by somebody and being accepted by somebody makes you feel good. But you need to feel good because you're you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. See, doesn't that shift the priority of the relationship now? Because many times people go into the relationship saying, this is going to make me feel good, right? But what if you felt good about you anyway? Imagine the vibration of the relationship. Imagine how the relate. Imagine what you would attract. A genuine relationship is one that is not dominated by the ego with its image making and self seeking. Eckhart Tolle. Let me say it again because a lot of people miss that. Right. A genuine relationship is one that is not dominated by the ego with its image-making and self-seeking. See, the person who is dominated by the ego and the image-making and the self-seeking, they are the ones who, 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 who demand trust, who demand loyalty. Do you understand? Listen, if everybody is a work in progress, that means everybody's going to let you down at some point. Everybody's going to disappoint you or frustrate you at some point, right? And the reason why this is overlooked, and I'm not justifying people treating other people badly. What I'm saying is, if you walk into the relationship understanding that this is a work in progress, this person is going to fail at something, right? This per you, you then have to, you, you then start to recontextualize your expectation for them. I don't expect you to make me happy. I come in happy. And I understand people make mistakes. I understand that people do things intentionally. Ooh, ooh, 1-800-920-1580, get to your phone lines. Who wants to talk about it? 1-800-920-1580. What I'm not going to do is cater to your wounds. I'm not going to jump through hoops for your wounds. Let me say it again. A genuine relationship is one that is not dominated by the ego with its image making and self seeking. See, again, the ego driven, the fear driven, the self seeking driven person is looking to not get played, is looking to get their needs met, their wounds needs met. Right. They're looking to do all of these things while wearing a mask, while not confronting the work that is necessary to be done, there is a biofeedback loop in this mirror relationship. They want to they get everything they can get without giving up the wound's authority. So many people are protective of their wounds to where I can't get played. I don't want to be played. And I, I don't want to be used. I don't want to be misused. I don't want to be disrespected. I don't, listen, I'm not saying that you should be in a relationship where you're used and disrespected. What I'm saying is at the level of the wounds consciousness, you will attract those type of people 
So what can happen? So the wound can be exposed. We live in an exposing society. Everybody trying to expose everybody. The, the wound is trying not to be exposed. So now at the vibration and the consciousness level of the wound, you are attracting people that will expose the wound. And, and please understand. This is a bi-directional exposing of wounds. Your partner's wound, their wounds are being exposed. Your wounds are being exposed. And instead of blaming, your job is to claim, oh, there's my wound. It has reared its ugly head. Do you understand? Let me say that quote again from Eckhart Tolle. A genuine relationship is one that is not dominated by the ego with its image making, the mask, right? Carl Jung said people wear a mask. Well, the Greek term for that is persona, the persona, the projected idealized image of who I think I am and who I want to be accepted as, right? <laughs> A genuine relationship is one that is not dominated by the ego with its image-making and self-seeking, right? Your needs are your responsibility. Your happiness is your responsibility. Your self-worth, your self-approval, your self-acceptance, your self-love, your self-esteem, and your self-acknowledgement are all inside jobs. Can you imagine if you got all of that off the table before you engaged in an intimate relationship. And listen, Zoe is not the one to tell you that I ain't, I, I'm perfect at this. That's right, self-hate, self-loathing. I'm not the one to tell you I'm perfect at this. I'm not the one to tell you that I haven't engaged in a relationship before all of this stuff was reconciled. What I am the person, this is who I am. I, I am the person to tell you this. It don't work when you haven't dealt with it. It's not a smooth ride when you haven't dealt with it. And I'm sure many people out there can agree with me on that. Right? It's not a smooth ride if you haven't dealt with it. Do you understand? Reciprocity of relationship should be organic. Right? It should not be forced. It should not be expected. It is not an investment. It is not transactional. Listen, in a genuine relationship, there is an outward flow of open, alert attention towards the other person in which there is no wanting. Reciprocity is organic. That's Eckhart Tolle. Do you understand? But so many people, hold on now, what are we doing? Where's this going? How will my needs or my wounds be uh, fulfilled? How will my wounds be protected by you? How will you feed my wounds? My wounds need to be fed by you. That's not my job. When I come forward, you think I'm going to stop? I got so much more to talk about. We on fire this evening.
playlist is my co-host, man. And I know y'all love Maze. But the whispers. Yikes! Who you got against Maze and the Whispers? Who you got, man? Hey, let me tell you something. This particular video. You know, Scotty and, and, and the lead singers of, of the Whispers are twins. I got two uncles who are the light-skinned version of the twins in the Whispers. And in the 80s, they look just like these dudes, but only light-skinned. My Uncle Ben and Curtis, they had the thick mustaches with the big afro. Oh, Lord. Hey, that video reminds me of them. <laughs> so, again, oh, man, I love that record. Uh, just keep on loving me by the whispers. Hey, we turned up tonight. Who y'all got? Maze or the whispers? You already know. My playlist is my co-host. Tonight's topic is a very deep topic because I'm, I'm featuring... Uh, Eckhart Tolle, but I'm also featuring other writers as well, right? And what's really interesting is this is this concept that I talk about in my book, The Shrouded Lighthouse, how to discover the silver lining in any situation shift. Now, a situation shift, you've heard people say situation shift, but a situation shift right, has the, the ability to shift your consciousness via conflict or conflict management, effective conflict management. And in that particular book, I'm talking about self-authorship. Now, I said earlier, your needs are your own responsibility. So happiness is an inside job. Self-worth, self-approval, self-acceptance, self-love, Self-esteem and self-acknowledgement are all inside jobs. If you get those jobs dealt with as you move into a relationship, the vibration, the level of consciousness that you go into the relationship with will call in a different type of energy, right? What's interesting here is Joe uh, Dispenza. Listen, I want you to get these books here. Joe Dispenza wrote a book called Breaking the habit of being yourself. How to lose your mind and create a new one. Why is that important? Because whatever is in that old mind might be broken, might be limited, might be wounded. And so where there is a broken, limited, wounded mind, there is a vibrational and consciousness match to go with it. In other words, it's resonating at a certain level and it's calling in certain experiences that are designed to mirror back to you what needs to be shifted. This is what Joe Dispenza says. Can you accept the notion that once you change your internal state, you don't need the external world to provide you with a reason to feel Joy, gratitude, appreciation, or any other elevated emotion. Don't we want our partners to show us gratitude? You, you won't need it. Self-authorship. You won't need it, right? You won't need your... And I'm not saying... That, 
not needing it doesn't mean it's not cool to receive it. Do please understand, one doesn't nullify the other. I'm saying when you're not dependent on it, you're not broken up about it when it doesn't come. You're not necessarily looking for it. So many people are validated by external gratitude, external appreciation, right? External joy. But when you're happy just to be you, when you're happy to just, hey, it's me and I'm okay with me, wounds and all. There, there isn't this crutch that my, my significant other must show up where I failed to. Ooh, 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. Sean from Oakland, get in here. Hey, brother, what a wonderful show again. Zoda, I'm telling you. Um, well, look, I always have to reset in case there's new people clicking in. I've been married 30 years, together 35 with my better half. And, um, and I think it's acceptance. We both do accept each other. We absolutely do. But it, we've gone through all the process of stuff. And I'll tell you what, maybe it was, and I, you know, I never made it to the big leagues of baseball and all that. But I understand that, uh, look, this is what you got. I'm very confident but I'm confident because I have preparation. I'm not confident because I'm just trying to talk trash like, oh, gosh, I'm so wonderful and all that. No, 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 I don't do that kind of thing. And by the way, everyone around you will figure that out quick if you're not uh, authentic. Authentic is really the, the thing. And so I'm talking about being in a role model because people know your wounds. The people around you know your wounds. The people that love you and have been around you forever since you're young know your wounds. But let's not bring everyone else into your wounds, right? So if you're in a relationship, my better half now, after 30-plus years, knows all my wounds, right? But I didn't bring her into that, and she appreciates the fact that, my goodness, you dealt with a lot of stuff. And by the way... She had to deal with a lot of stuff, okay? She had wounds, too. And people don't think of it as a, a bipartisan thing, you know? I mean, we are together trying to make this thing work as a couple, as a, 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 a family, and all that kind of thing going. Even if you're at the very beginning, just make sure to, you know, be your confident self. Be your strong self. Be the person that, hey— Whatever happened yesterday, all the bad decisions I made, look, no one's, I've made them all. So if you haven't made them yet, you will, but it's okay because you keep rolling forward. And by the way, everyone around you will be like, wow, that person right there got through a lot of wounds, and that person right there is not letting that affect them. And, and the most important thing, Zoda, I want to tell you is that don't, let bring everyone else into your wounds. Why don't you help heal their wounds? Mm, interesting. Here go my guy, Sean from Oakland, California. Once again, we always appreciate your contribution. Call in anytime. McCovey Cove is full of home runs because of Sean Thanks, out of the brother. Bay Area. Thank you, brother. Yo, the phone lines are cracking. Do I have time or should I carry them? Oh, listen, Rob B. from Nashville, Tennessee just jumped in. Hold tight, brother. When we come forward, we will be traveling. 
to Nashville. Is it good to you? Good to you. More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Ladies and gentlemen, the Voice of Reason back in the building. My co-host is my playlist. Can you imagine if your spirit just felt like this in an organic way? You walk into the relationship just feeling like this, man. It's not contingent upon what they do. It's really contingent upon who you are. And regardless of what they do, imagine if your happiness was incorruptible. What makes it corruptible? Is it your belief that they can make you happy? Oh, Lord, 1-800-920-1580. Rob B., Nashville, Tennessee, get in here. Yes, sir. Actually, uh, you touched on something a moment ago when you were talking about the book on how to change your mind. Yes. And it sparked a two-part question that I've, I've been wrestling with because I try to, I'm trying to implement this that I've heard you say several times into my life, and it's so foreign it is so it it seems so simple but it's so foreign that I'm struggling with how to implement it and I've heard you say several times on examine without uh critique yes krishnamurti says it the highest form of intellect is to be able to observe without judgment yeah observe without uh judgment how do you observe something without judging it, but still recognizing what it is? So, like, how do you see something without having to just having to uncover? Okay, what am I looking at? Right, and this this is a very first off. That is a process to even get to that point to be able to observe without judgment. You have to first say, "What did I go through?" And then once you discover what you've gone through. Then you have to work through the process of the grief. So, you know, uh, the Kubler process, you know, there's there's denial, there's grief, you know, the, 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 the whole seven steps that she outlined that we struggle with when we lose something or when there's a wound or when we recognize or realize something. So at the end of the day, once you get through that process, of judging, of fearing, of denying, of critiquing, of labeling. Because many people don't. What they tend to do is identify the seven stages of grief. Exactly. What they tend to do is identify with what they've gone through. In other words, it becomes the mortar for the wall of self-identity that they build. You have to be able to look at it and say, hmm, Now, listen to this process, because it's very hard. Hmm. My parents were a work in progress. They didn't have a full toolbox to be able to reconcile conflict, to be able to reconcile grief, to be able to reconcile the generational curses that they uh, inherited you get what I'm saying? So you have to be able to put yourself in a mindset to go, wow, they were spiritual children. And it's hard to do that because first you're going to blame them. Why did you do that? How come you didn't show up? Do you see? That's, there's the judgment piece. Why weren't you the father that I needed? Mom, why would you do that to dad? 
Why would you talk negatively to me about dad? Do you get what I'm saying? You have to get past that. And like I said, it's easy to say, and you're right, to say to, uh, the highest form of intelligence to be able to observe without judgment. But the only way to melt the mortar of the wall that you built up, you're going to have to be able to get to that point where you can say, wow. I love my mother, but she wasn't perfect. I love my dad, but he wasn't perfect. Right? You have to get to the point where you say, wow, these people were on a spiritual journey too, and they took it as far as they could take it and then handed the generational curse, i.e. task, off to me so that I could complete the journey. This is why the ancient Africans say you are the sum total of all your ancestors. This is why ancestral reverence is part of the West African belief system, right? Because they're saying you are a better version of them and they still live through you. So sometimes whatever you had to deal with is really some unfinished work on their end that you inherited. So how do you break it down? Let me see what I inherited from them. Now, watch this. The Western mind is different. They will go with attachment theory. John Bowlby, right? People just say, right. well, you say, wait a minute, how did I get an insecure attachment? Well, you got it from your primary caregiver. Well, what was up with them that I got insecurity in terms of attachment? What was going on with them spiritually that made me adapt an insecure attachment style, which you go on and carry into your adult life? Do you see what I'm saying? It's right. all connected. So how do you break it down? It's a journey in and of itself to get to the point to say, I release you of the expectations that you were never able to fulfill. Ooh. Do you see that? Mom, I love you and you did the best you could do. Think about me, man. My mother, 27 years old, had me had already been living in the projects for 10 years, the best she could do was get us out of the projects. After that, I was on my own. I had to figure it out. And for years, here I am trying to teach her and share with her my journey and what I'm learning. And, and, and at some point in my life, I, I came to the, it's not your job to teach her. She's done her job. You out the projects. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I had to stop. Yeah, I mean, Go ahead, brother. I was like, yeah, because I, I I see that in my own life with my my parents, and I'm I'm apply I'm trying to apply apply that to discover some things about myself as well. But the harder part for me seems how do I apply this in my intimate relationship? Ooh, here we go. Here we go. When we come forward, this is what I'm gonna do. I got to hold him over. Robbie, you got to stay with me. Because we got, here, to, man, we got to talk about this. Because let me let me just say, 
in the intimate relationship, that's the actual classroom. You hear me say this all the time. Relationship is a highly reflective classroom where the biofeedback you get from your partner is your personal curriculum. So in the intimate relationship, you've heard me say it, walk into that sucker looking for you. How am I going to show up? How are these generational curses, i.e. tasks, i.e. curriculum, how is this going to show up? I need to be looking for it. And when I see it, I need to take ownership of it and embrace it with empathy. Ooh. See, I take that higher. It's not just embracing it and looking at it objectively. I say, no, 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 no. Look at those wounds with empathy. Ah, oh, this is how I show up. Oh, this is who I am. Now, now, put some empathy on it. I understand where you came from. I know why you're here. I know my mom. I know my father. And I know how I got you. That's how you talk to this wound. When we come forward, me and Robbie go kick it some more. Just like fishing in the ocean, there will always be someone new. Hey, my playlist is my co-host. Hey, this has got to be the greatest breakup song ever. And the beat goes on. Just like my love, everlasting. There's so many fish in the sea. Just, just go on about your business. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we listening to an amazing playlist tonight. Nothing but good vibes tonight, man. We got the whispers and maze. It's not necessarily a versus. I'm not asking you to choose between the two of them. It's just beautiful music, man, to match what we're talking about tonight. Our wounds have such a power over our life that they make what should be organic, right? They make it... They make it a struggle. It's, a, it's forced now. It's transactional. There's comparison. And I did this. And because I did this, you should do that. And I expect you. Wounds uh, are like babies with no stomachs. They just keep eating. They just go, keep eating. I need to be fed. I, I need to be fed 24-7. My good brother from Nashville, Tennessee, is on the phone right now, Rob B. And he was engaged in some very heavy questions. Rob, jump in here, man. I know you got more questions. Holla at me, bro. Well, as we was leaning into how to apply it to our intimate relationships, I've started doing that that second piece as well. When I do see something that's off, when I do see something that that might irritate me or trigger me, I try to, or when we have our altercations or whatever, when I get away from the situation and get a chance to think, I always try to find where was I in this? What could I have done better? How is this reflect? What is this reflecting back to me? Mm-hmm. I've I've reached that state of of my processing and thinking when I can get out of the moment and have a, a moment to really digest what went on. Mm-hmm. But I'm still hung on that piece of observing this thing or this situation in a relationship without judgment. Well, this is another. Like, how do you even? This is another. I was part say, of how do you even know? Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. You know, I'm I was going to say, say, how do you even know what it is mm-hmm. if you don't judge it? Well, no, 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 no. See, uh, again, 
in the Western world, evaluation is pass or fail, good or bad, right or wrong. To be able to observe without judgment is to take out evaluation. Now, now listen to what I mean by this. You know if what you're doing is in alignment with your highest good or is an impediment to your highest good, right? Okay. Do you know that? I'm saying, do you know that? Like, it, it, like, have you ever been in a moment and you did something, right? And you and you thought to yourself, this this is not in alignment, right? Yes. With, with my highest good, this this might uh, be an impediment. This might put me in a position to where I will fail, or to where I might be hurt, right? To where I usually feel, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I usually feel that way when I knee jerk react to things instead of taking a breath and really looking at the situation. So now watch this. Both sides. So so watch this because remember, language uses us. We don't use language. So if you notice how I'm rephrasing the evaluative process to where it's not about fail. It's not about pass or fail. It's not about good or bad. It's more about, is this in alignment with my highest expression of self or does this diminish me in some way? Can this diminish me in some way? See, because oftentimes we beat ourselves up. I'm, I, I should have did better. Uh, Oh, my God, I can't believe I lost control. You know, we 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 beat ourselves up. And the point that I'm trying to make is use language in a way to where it doesn't misuse your spirit by saying I'm not good enough. I failed. Oh, man, you you get what I'm saying? Because when we like for me, for instance, I use myself as an example. I've always had anger issues volatile than a mug i come across as real cool and real laid back but if i feel disrespected if i feel dishonored in some way and 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 especially in person that there's an issue right and every time i've lost control i've gone inside and i had to ask myself man like what's wrong with you so even framing it as what's wrong with you that's not a good way to frame it. That's a put down. I see it as a spiritual demotion. But it's more about observing it without judging it, saying, how could you have done that better? Right. Or how could you have done that in a different way that wouldn't have resulted in this particular action? Does that make sense? Yes. Wait, hold tight. When we come forward, me and Rob over here cooking back to Nashville. We've got a lot to talk about. He's on fire tonight. tonight. It's the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Turn it off. Don't nobody really love nobody. Can't nobody really make nobody happy. This is all a lie. I, I know you guys feel like I'm just being funny i love that record i i love that record man of course it's maze and it's a beautiful record beyonce remade it i i listen 
I'm here to call y'all forward. Eckhart Tolle, some people who may think they have fallen in love are actually feeling drawn to each other because their respective pain bodies complement each other. Sometimes the role, the roles of perpetuator or or predator and victim are already clearly prescribed the time they meet. Like, do you, do you get what I'm Some marriages that are thought to be made in heaven are actually made in hell, Eckhart Tolle. See, and I, and I love the imagination and the artistry and the creativity of our artists. Yes, I want to be in love. Yes, I want to be loved like that. You make me. Start, start the record from the top. The boy said, you make me happy. I want to be like, hey, Lord, I want to feel it. Come on. Have mercy. It's just painful. Eckhart Tolle. You cannot love your partner one moment and attack him or her the next. True love has no opposite. How many times have you fallen in love with somebody for them to later become a villain? You play the role. You play the. Listen, they're the villain to you, but you're the villain to them. Because wherever you blame, you've turned that person into a villain. Whenever you blame, you turn the person into a villain. But the question is, how did you attract the villain? How did you attract the person that was cloaked as the victim? That was cloaked as a nice person? How did you attract a cloak? 1-800-920-1580. Rob B. from Nashville, Tennessee. Talk to me, man. We attract them because we don't want to deal with what's, what's ours to deal with. Everybody wants to be the victim, but no one wants to look at how they contributed. Mm. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. And, of course, this is without judgment. This is without judgment. The highest form of observation is to be able to observe without judgment. So this is or the highest form of intelligence is to be able to observe without observation. So now the question becomes, what have you observed in yourself, right, that made you a co-conspirator, an accessory <laughs> to the relationship crime, whatever it may be. It may be poor communication. It may be violent communication. It may be verbal abuse. What have you, and this is not about you judging it. This is about you saying, this is how I communicate when I'm under pressure. This is how I behave, or these are moments I behaved. Talk to me about that process. For me, Initially, I was combative and would like blow up in arguments. So to decrease that from occurring, I got into a place of being avoidant. 
And I'm just now realizing how damaging being avoidant can be. Mm, avoidance creates conflict because you can only avoid for so long. This is why I hate the word tolerance. Because you can only tolerance implies a silent time limit. You can only tolerate something for so long. You either accept it or not. Keep going. Well, for me, that avoidance can also build up and turn into resentment. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Unforgiveness. And that's what was being reflected back. Mm. And it took seeing that re being reflected back to like, okay, I'm guilty of this too. Mm-hmm. So then I got into the struggle of how do you be something as opposed to, okay, this is just an act when you've never done it before, like trying to be what it is you seek, but it not be transactional and it not be just uh, an act. Well, when you're really moving into trying to be what you're, what it is you seek and also just trying to be a better person. I'm listening, brother, because you're cooking right now. I don't, I don't want to interfere with your, with your cooking. You're cooking. Let's go. So it, <laughs> it, it's all, it's all of an, an ongoing process of what I'm going through of just trying to do something different or trying to be different, not just do different, but be different. But, but, because, do, but do you see how talking about it and letting it flow without judgment, without self-condemnation, Right? You're not condemning yourself here. You're just sharing it. Sometimes, and especially for men, men don't get to just share how they really feel. Right? So you're here saying, man, I could be avoidant, and that avoidance led to more conflict. To just be able to say that without somebody going, you need to stop doing that. You wrong for that. See, that's your problem. No, nobody's, you get what I'm saying? This is how yeah. you got to deal with yourself. This is how you empathize with yourself. You got to say, it's okay that I'm that way. And not that it's, listen, it's okay with me. It might not be okay for others, but it's okay with me that I'm that way. And you look at it with empathy. Is there a way we can speak to others? Listen when I say we. This is the ego and spirit. Having a conversation. Is there a way we can talk to others without being avoidant, without blowing up, without being aggressive, without speaking in a hurtful way? Is there a way? I, I have to do this with myself. There are times I, I done popped off. Come on, brother. Talk to me, man. Do you hear what, what I'm trying to paint here? I, I'm there with you because I'm guilty of it. Yes. I'm guilty of it all. Yes. So and my thing is, I developed a wrong habit in trying to fix one. I moved into something that was equally destructive, mm -hmm. which was the avoidance. So now it's how do I talk through these issues, not being avoided and not blowing up, being respectful of the other person's feelings, but also not burying my own to the point where I'm going to start having resentment. Mm. Mm. Listen. Go deeper into resentment. Do you resent you or do you resent them for not catering to the needs of your wounds? Initially, it was resent them. But here lately, it's been 
resenting my response to it because, A, I'm diminishing my feelings by not talking about it and being avoidant. And I'm also not giving my chance, uh, myself a chance to be heard. No, so go back. Go back. When you say, I'm resenting my response, that's evaluation. Do you get it? That's evaluation. Yeah. You don't need that. That's the piece. This is what this takes us back to the beginning of the conversation. How do I look at it without judgment? Right there. The resentment piece is the judgment piece. So right there, you got to be like, okay, the next time I'm going to try to do this, right? Right? And and what are you trying to do? The self-evaluation piece. The next time I respond a certain way, and if I don't meet a particular goal that I've set for myself, if I don't meet that goal, I'm going to look at myself, I'm going to try to look at myself without resentment. Let's see how my spirit feels without resentment. Because don't think, when you look at yourself, with res- I looked at my response with resentment because I felt like I could respond better right so when you when you do that the next time you're observing yourself try it without resentment and see how your spirit responds because the resentment piece is the egoic part of it that's the Mm -hmm. ego the spirit is saying hey man we could do this differently the ego is going oh man this is a competition I should have done better I can't do you get what I'm saying? The ego is about presenting the peacock style. No, no, no. The spirit, ask the spirit, is there a better way for me to do this? How can I look at you without resentment? Now, you go in there with that intention. You understand what I'm saying? Right. But that's the difficult part, learning how to do that. But it, it, listen, Yoda my guy, Luke Skywalker, you want me to do the impossible. You know, I will try. Yoda goes, whoa, whoa, hey, hold on, pimp. Do or do not. There is no try. It's really just about doing. You set an intention. I need to see. Look at this. I need to observe, right, how I observe myself. Am I the over? This goes back to Colin Tippin's work. Radical self forgiveness. You got the three judges internally. You got the adult judge. You got uh, this is you as an adult. You got the father and the mother, the parental judge. And then you have the child. Right. And the two older judges, the parental judge and you as an adult, that judge jump or team up. Or gang up on the inner child. So you have to say, how do I observe myself? Do I observe myself with a type of violence through criticism? Through judgment? You set the intention. See, listen. People think, I'm just talking. I can't just, listen. I can't just talk about this stuff from reading a book. I actually do this stuff. And yes, the work is hard. Yes, it's difficult. 
and it's an incremental process. But the reality of it is, if you go in and with the intention of, I'm going to turn off my inner critic, my parental critic, and I'm just going to look at it through the eyes of a playful child, without judgment, I made a mistake, it's fine. The same way you deal with a kid. It's all right, get up, you okay, mistakes happen, come on. You could do it. Self-empathy, you see? Mm-hmm. There it is. Hey, Rob B., let me just say, man, you walking with me through this journey right now. Man, I really? so appreciate this, man. Thank you. All right, I appreciate it, brother. Call in anytime, man. You done gained your seat. The seat is gained, man. On the Voice of Reason, we are on fire tonight. Please call in. That was Nashville, Tennessee. If you want to bring your city into the building, it's real simple. All you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. I already see it. I already see it. You already. Battle Creek, Michigan is in the house. Heru Ali, what's up, bro? Peace and love to the family and nations. Honors, everybody. And honors for the likes, for the support. Uh, just, it, we, I, I said we had to do better, and we're doing better. So honors to everybody. Yes, sir, man. You see, I had to change the vibration in here with today's topic, right? Listen, this this uh, group, this uh, collective group therapy uh, is is more than valuable and and more than uh, we could even pay for. In 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 relationships, um, uh, a part of the aspect is uh, you have to be willing to risk. Uh, I said it in the chat. Willing to risk. What are you willing to risk slash lose for being your authentic self? We're talking about acceptance and cooperation. I told you I never compromise. I only will cooperate. You either take the risk or you lose the opportunity. Even in the state of being a work in progress, because lately it's like, listen, I'm tired of not having what I think that I have earned right in in relationships and it's like sometimes that starts off you, you gotta be like you have to let it be known listen this is what it is this is who i am can you handle it wait hold on Haru. here here come Haru. <laughs> when we come forward Haru is gonna do this usher breakdown ladies and gentlemen the voice of reason is on fire and Haru is about to keep it cooking the whispers ain't no joke lost and turned out Lord have mercy. We got the whispers in Maze tonight for, you know, the, my co-host. If you're just tuning in, my co-host is my playlist. My playlist is my co-host. You know, they feature on this show because they add such a richness to the topic. My brother Haru Ali from Battle Creek, Michigan is on the phone line and he was really getting ready to cook. He was really getting ready to start something, which is common <laughs> fair for him. Hey, Ali, jump in here, brother. 
Listen, I, I heard that that serenade of savagery, <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds so good. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? <laughs> I, I, that boy's good and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, at at the end of the day, um, you know, I always say you try and wake up every day with an attitude of gratitude. And, and uh, be as present in the moments that you, you're blessed to have. But I, I think, you know, I need to, to give a hypothetical gift of fear to everyone that's listening. <laughs> Just a hypothetical gift of fear. Listen, if you received a terminal diagnosis tomorrow, would you continue to live and exist the way that you exist right now? Or would you immediately knowing that you had a limited, you know, limited days, because we act like we're going to live forever, knowing that eventually we're not, but we act like that. If you would change your behavior, I would say that, that we're out of order. Because bucket lists would go up. I want to spend more time. I want to call and try and reconcile with this family member, my mama, my daddy, you know what I'm saying, my kids and all that stuff. Well, because we think we're going to live forever, there's no sense of urgency. Mm. We are in a state of emergency. Red flags. Okay. <laughs> Folks ask about red flags and relationships. Okay. What's your deal breakers? This and that. Do you know what the entire hell we about to go through in the next several months? Are you serious? I told you he was no. going to go in. <laughs> Listen, we ain't, we ain't got no time to still be suffering. Listen, we're so distracted while on a geopolitical stage, they are are implementing the absolute worst. The absolute worst. Everybody that's independent, male or female, I don't need this person. I don't mess with this family member, all that stuff. Now is the time to come together. If you hadn't researched anything that I said prior before, listen. Like Dead Press says, what if they cut off the water that's going to your sink? You know what I'm saying? What you going to do? What are you going to do, brother, when the water stops flowing for you? <laughs> Absolutely. When you can't get food, what are you going to do? And who can you run to <laughs> on, on the escape side of the game? Who are you going to run to? Where, where's, your, where's your squad? Where's your team? Because guess what? You can't stay up 24-7, seven days a week. We are out here alone. We're floating alone, male and female. We better get it the hell together. We not because, even uh, we not even uh, friends. Uh, we don't even know how to be yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Can't be friends because I'm still in love with you. Peace and love to the family and nation. <laughs> Listen, get it together because it's on. Hey, Honors. Love you, bro. Peace and love, man, love. to the family, man. We appreciate it. Heru Ali, Battle Creek, Michigan. He always gets in here and gets hella political on these deep philosophical uh, topics. I love it. You know, I get out of his way, let him do what he got to do. This is what's supposed to happen. But I'm, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, about today's topic because Eckhart Tolle, I love Eckhart Tolle. Um, um, 
Eckhart Tolle was deeply influenced by J. Krishnamurti. You already know, uh, for me, J. Krishnamurti is one of my favorite philosophers. Um, and he took a lot. I mean, he took a lot from Krishnamurti. Krishnamurti was the first person that I've researched that talked about the mirror relationship. Now, I'm sure it goes back even further than Krishnamurti because he was born in 1896 or something like that. Uh, he died in 1986, um, but he has a whole book called Relationship as a Mirror. Uh, he says, relationship is a mirror in which I see myself as I am. But as most of us do not like what we are, we begin to discipline either positively or negatively what we perceive in the mirror of relationship. I don't know who needed to hear that. I, relationship is a mirror in which I see myself as I am. But as most of us do not like what we are, we begin to discipline either positively or negatively what we perceive in the mirror of relationship. Whew. Eckhart Tolle comes along and says something similar to that. He says, to love is to recognize yourself in another. But also to hate, to despise, to disrespect, I can never be on the hook for what you need if you have not excavated what you need within yourself. If you've done none of this, if you've cultivated none of it within yourself, what makes you think you deserve appreciation, approval, acceptance, love, honor, respect, all of these wonderful high concepts if you haven't fed from the waters in your own spirit that gives you that. And if you fed from those waters, you do not need it from me. Do you do, do y'all understand that? You do not need it. If you fed from those waters, you will attract that which is similar to what you have fed on from within. 1-800-9-20-15-80. Relationship as a mirror. All you've been feeding yourself is the excrement from your wounds. And you expect your partner to give you vital food. When you feed yourself the excrement from your wounds, you have been pimped by your wounds. And you won't break up with the pimp hand that your wound has laid down on you. 1-800-920-1580. When I come forward, you think I'm going to stop? I ain't going to do it. I still got a lot to talk about. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings will disappear. Disappear. You're listening disappear. to The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 15.8. This versus is a straight-up tie. The whispers, just when you think the whispers are done, they come back. Just when you think Frankie Beverly and Mays are done, they come back. Lord have mercy. Man, I wish our souls were as beautiful as the music we create. 
But oftentimes, the music is created out of the pain. <sighs> Relationship as a mirror. We so mad at each other. We're so vindictive because somebody hurt us. But we don't realize that we hurt us by protecting the wound, by projecting, protecting and projecting the wound. Oftentimes when we are hurt, I call trauma, especially when we're young, it's a space-time event. It, wherever we got hurt at, we, we tend to be frozen in that moment. There's a book out uh, that call, is called The Body Remembers. And it talks about, uh, the, the opening piece of the book talks about a man being bitten by a dog as a child. And every time he sees a dog, his body remembers the initial moment. He freezes, he freezes, he literally freezes. And oftentimes, man, we freeze in these moments that remind us that trigger us. But I'm here to tell you, man, you can thaw that freeze through self-authorship. You can work through it. Right? You can work through it. I love, like I said, I, I, I love the work of Krishnamurti, man. He says, listen very carefully. He says, if you recognize the illusion, then you can by putting it aside, give your attention to the understanding of relationship. But if you seek security in relationship, it becomes an investment in comfort, in illusion. And the greatness of relationship is its very insecurity. By seeking security in relationship, you are hindering its function, which brings its own particular actions and misfortunes. When insecurity creeps into dependency, as it inevitably does, then that particular relationship is cast aside and a new one is taken on in the hopes of finding lasting security. But there is no security in relationship. And dependency only breeds fear. Fear of loss, jealousy, ownership. I'm going to lose ownership of my person. Uh, I digress. Without understanding the process of security and fear, relationship becomes a binding hindrance, a way of ignorance. Then all existence is a struggle and pain, and there is no way out of it save right thinking, which comes through self-knowledge. As long as the mind now, I don't know why my son, I'm sorry, I don't know why my son would call me right now knowing that I'm on air. Anyway, as long as the mind merely uses relationship for its own security, that relationship is bound to create confusion and antagonism. Is it possible to live in relationship with the, without the idea of demand, of want, of gratification? It's not my job to bring gratification to you. If we do that for each other, great. If it happens organically through organic reciprocity, fine. But if it's a demand, I'm in jail.
When I come forward, I'm going to wrap this show up and get y'all ready for Danny Morrison and Robin Ayers. He's on fire tonight. tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Fewer lie to and buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment, or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call now for your free information kit. I appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight and calling in and sharing. Rob B. from Nashville. Hey, man, we appreciate everybody for sharing. I'm going to be back tomorrow, hump day, with another thought-provoking topic. I'm not here to be right. Damn being right. It's about getting in alignment. You get in alignment with self first. And then everything else will fall into place. Try to avoid getting in alignment with unacknowledged and unhealed wounds. Because they're going to become the demanders of external desires. I need this. I need this. I need. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. When we come forward, Danny Morrison and Robin Ayers going to keep the fire lit. So Williams, the voice of reason, is always on fire. Enjoy the whispers as I say deuces. You cannot.